Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 56 of Connection, Not Perfection, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so, so glad you're with me today. Now, whether we've hung out before or you're new around here, today's episode makes the top five of my favorites. What I'm sharing today has had a huge impact in pretty much every area of my life, and I am super excited to pass it along to all of you. Now, let me give you a little bit of background here. My guest today, Diane Lynn, is a good friend of mine. We've only known each other since January of this year, but when we met, we recognized each other as kindred spirits. And those of you who are Anne of Green Gables fans know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I'm going to give you Diane's official bio here in a second, but I have to tell you, the best thing about her is her enthusiastic growth mindset and her eagerness to help other people live their best lives. Right now, she's going through a program called the Life Coach School, and I have links to that in my show notes, and I am one of her practice clients. Now, full disclosure here, when I agreed to let her practice with me, I had this obnoxious thought that I was doing her a big favor. And let me be very clear, the value that she has added to my life is more than I could have ever imagined, and I am so grateful that she gave me the opportunity to work with her. So before I get into any details about what we're talking about today, here is Diane's official info. She is one impressive lady. Diane Lynn is a certified positive psychology coach and soon to be certified life and weight loss coach from the Life Coach School founded by Brooke Castillo. Diane climbed the corporate ladder for 30 plus years in marketing and analytics, but found what made her happiest was managing and mentoring people. Now launching her own business, Diane Lynn Coaching, she is excited to use her experience and training to help others solve problems, get unstuck, and achieve their dreams. One of the most powerful things Diane has taught me is a self-coaching model, and that's what we're talking about today. So whether you're a parent of teens or a teacher of teens or both, I know that this is going to impact your life in amazing ways. So I don't want to keep you from it any longer. Let's dive in. Thank you so much, Diane, for being here today. I'm super excited for what you are going to be able to share with the audience. I feel like it's made such a huge impact for me in my life because you've been coaching me probably for, what, two months now on some things. And so um, I've told everybody all about kind of your journey from the corporate world to being um, a life coach and what that looks like. So... Why don't we get started and talk about um, the model? Because I think that's that's the big thing, right? The centerpiece. So why don't you jump into that and tell me a little bit about it? Okay, sure. So the model was developed by Brooke Castillo, the founder of the Life Coach School, which is where I'm getting my life coach training right now. And um, she'll tell you it's not something that she invented. It's simply sort of a fact of life or a law of nature. It is um, a way of categorizing everything that happens to you in the world into these five buckets, um, which are, I'll just run through them quickly, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. 
And um, it's, it's a way of slowing down our thought process and realizing that, wait a minute, we need to think about what is a fact, what is a, a thought, what is a feeling, um, and, and separating those things in our minds so that we can understand what is driving the results that we get in our life. Okay, so it's really a model that you slow down, you plug your thoughts, feelings, um, Actions, actions and, and we'll kind of go through the list in a little bit, but but you're doing it in order to either make other choices or understand what's going on so that you can make other choices if you or be more intentional, I guess, is, is kind of how I know you and I have talked about it a little bit. Yeah. So you're being more intentional. So I think you and I talked a little bit beforehand because I really do think that maybe walking through the process will kind of demonstrate to people what that looks like. And so we're just, these are kind of the baby steps, the building blocks for what it looks like to basically coach yourself, right? Like yes. this is a self-coaching model. So yes. so why don't we kind of walk through that and what that might look like. So okay. what, what do you do first? So the first thing you do is do a thought download on whatever it issue it is or problem or thing that you're thinking about and you'd like to have a different result on. Whatever that is, think about it and just do a thought download. Just take out a pen and paper or on your computer or whatever for 10 minutes and just do a brain dump. Just let it all out. What are those things that are running around in your head about that topic? Okay. And and I would even venture to say you might not know exactly where your sense of unease is, but if you do a brain dump, it, something's going to show up where you write down all, you know, I'm feeling X, Y, Z and I'm worried about this and I, you know, I'm thinking about that and it's going to come to the surface, I would imagine. Absolutely. Okay. And you might surprise yourself sometimes too. I've had clients where they're going ahead and giving me their thought download and all of a sudden they say a sentence and it's like, whoa, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even realize I was thinking that. So it's a really essential process to just sit with it and, and just let it rip. Let those thoughts just come to the surface so that we can then figure out where they may or may not be contributing to the results that you want. And I will say that I am one of those clients that has done that. Like this yeah. is what you just described is something that we have actually walked through together. So, yes. which again is why I feel like it's so powerful and I'm, I'm so excited to share. Okay. So why don't we pick something to walk through? And I know I've been working with new teachers for the last couple of months. And so, um, when we did talk about this beforehand, um, I did a brain dump about what it would be like as a new teacher, maybe some feelings that are going through your head that you're struggling with. So we went through those and I'm just going to read my list really quickly if that's okay. Because, sure. So we're walking through this process. I did a brain dump. That's the first step. So the brain dump that I did went like this. Um, I don't feel like a real teacher or my classroom management plan feels weak or I'm not as prepared as my colleagues around me seem to be. I'll have over 150 students and that makes me really nervous. Um, I'm the only Spanish teacher um, in the school. School starts at 7.30 and I struggle getting up early and being on time. Um, students are tested by the state at the end of the year and I don't know if I can teach well enough for them to pass that test and they have to pass it to move on to the next grade. So those were the things that I, I downloaded. So now that I have this down on a sheet of paper or in my computer or whatever, 
what is the next step? What's the next thing I need to understand? Okay, so now what you need to do is go back through your list and look at them and decide what is a circumstance and what is a thought. So let me tell you what a circumstance is. A circumstance is a completely neutral fact. It, there's no emotion to it. There's no um, subjectivity. It is just something that can be proven in a court of law. Someone can testify and say, you know, like it's raining. Is uh -huh. it raining? Yes, everybody can see it's raining. It right. is absolutely a fact. Undisputable. Okay? Undisputable, okay. absolutely. And then what are the thoughts? So you have to determine, okay, the, and separate them. What are the circumstances? What are the facts that are absolutely um, you know, supported in a court of law versus what are my thoughts about those facts? And the thoughts are circumstances, or your thoughts about circumstances can vary greatly. Anyone okay. can have a myriad of different thoughts about any given circumstance, and sometimes they can be completely opposite to what one person might think is a, a true fact about a circumstance. Someone else might think something completely different. Okay, so you have, just to kind of make sure I'm understanding, you have this fact or this circumstance, mm -hmm. and then you can have all kinds of feelings based around that one circumstance. And different people are going to have different feelings about the exact same circumstance. So the feeling part, not provable in a court of law, and subjective. Right. Okay. Thoughts. The thought part. The, I'm sorry. The thoughts. Yeah. Did I say it the wrong way? You said feelings. <laughs> okay. Feelings. Thoughts. We'll get to okay. feelings in a minute. Yeah. That's different. Yes. That's different. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay, good. All right, so now so let's do that. Let's okay. let's go through this list and let's see which one is a thought and which one is a circumstance. What's okay. the first one? So I don't feel like a real teacher. Now clearly that because it has the word feel in it, that's a thought. Yeah, that's that is thought. absolutely a thought, not a fact anyone could prove. Mm -hmm. My classroom management plan feels weak. That would be also a thought. Correct. I'm not as prepared as my colleagues. Um, so I could see where that one might feel tricky, like. Yes, that is true. I am not, you know, that's a, a circumstance. But I also, unless you can lay things out and prove it, right? then it's just a thought, right? right. So, so you would have to say, how would you tweak that to make it a circumstance? If it was going to be a circumstance, it would have to be very specific and facty, which is a new word that Brooke has coined, um, <laughs> that it would need to be, um, you know, all of my colleagues have their masters and I only have my bachelor's or oh, okay. like it would or and you couldn't even say only even the word only see how that tweaks it and makes it it a has a, a judgment right to it. so it would need be um, all of my colleagues or you know more, more the majority of my colleagues have their masters and I do not or whatever it may be or I could say my colleagues have all turned in their lesson plans and I have not. Correct. Okay, that would so be that another would be fact. fact. Okay. Yes. Yep. No emotion, just a fact. Just a fact. Okay. Um, I'll have over 150 students, and I think I said something like, I'm nervous about that or That whatever. makes me nervous. So the having 150 students, that's a fact, right? That's something right. that can be proven. The part about being nervous about it is your thought about that fact. Okay. So you could separate it out that way. I'm the only Spanish teacher at school. Oh, if that's a fact, mm -hmm. that, that is no. provable. Absolutely. Okay. So school starts at 7.30 and I struggle getting up early and being on time. Okay, so, like that's another kind of two-part, you know. Right. It does start at 7.30, but you struggling up to get on, struggling to get up on time is your thought about being there at 7.30. Okay. All right, and then students are tested on the state curriculum at the end of the year. Oh, I think I can do this. So that would be broken apart. That's the factual part. And then this next part, I don't know if I can teach well enough for them to pass the test. 
that's the thought around it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So we've gone through and we've, we've taken our brain dump and the next step in that is we've separated out circumstances versus thoughts. Correct. All right. Correct. So now that I have those separate, now what? Okay. Well, the one thing is this lesson just by itself can teach you some things because um, sometimes as you're going through this, you might realize, oh, wait a minute, that's just a thought that I have about, you know, um, being nervous about having 150 students. Having 150 students is not something that makes everyone nervous. Right. It's my thought about having 150 students makes me nervous. So another te- so this is going back to what you said, you can have the circumstance and two completely different thoughts around it. So one person's thought might be, oh my goodness, that makes me so nervous. Another person's thought might be, oh wow, that's 150 opportunities that I have to impact, <laughs> right? Right. You know, impact lives or wow, this is 150, this is, you know, new people that I get to interact with or you know, whatever the positive, you know, you can think about it positively or somebody might think, I have 150 students that feels a little overwhelming, but I know I can do everything that needs to be done to take care of those 150. So there's like a million different ways to look at it. Okay. Absolutely. And that is the key to the the whole, the rest of the model. Okay. So, um, so let's dive into that a little bit further. I have an example here about the state test that you mentioned. There's a state test at the end of the year that students must pass to promote. One person's thought can be, I don't know if I can teach it well enough. Like you mentioned, that person did have that thought, but another person's thought could be, I have everything I need to help these kids. Okay. So absolutely, it can be completely opposite um, thoughts from different people. Right. Depending on their circumstances. So that is the key to being able to slow down your thoughts. We have on average about 60,000 plus thoughts a day, and they happen in milliseconds. That's just crazy to think about. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended. But yeah, like... And I get that. I get that. Yeah. In fact, I have a friend who said the other day, she's like, a friend told me that talking to me is like getting on an eight lane highway because <laughs> I've got all of these thoughts going on. So I totally, re- that resonates with me. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not stopping to think, wait a minute, is this a circumstance or is this just a thought I have about that circumstance? Whatever you're thinking just feels true. Right. Like 150 students makes me nervous. That That's just true. It would make anyone nervous. And you think that that is the way everyone must look at it because that's just a fact. But then when you start to pull it apart, it's like, oh. Right. So when you have, when you realize the difference between thoughts and circumstances, um, let me tell you a little bit more about the correlation between them. So thoughts are always created by circumstances. There is no problem about that circumstance until you have a thought about it. Okay. Okay. The circumstance of having 150 students was just a fact in, in someone's lesson, you know, the, the school's plan. But the second that person had a thought about it, then they feel nervous. Okay. okay? So that's the first step, separating so, those out. Okay. So just to make sure I understand, a thought always comes from a circumstance. Mm-hmm. So something that's factual, that's external usually Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. prompts a thought yeah okay and our thoughts are are just our interpretations of those facts okay and now you can see why they they vary greatly because everyone has different backgrounds and different things that brought them to this spot in time okay and in this kind of i love this definition a thought is just a sentence that happens in your mind 
Okay. <laughs> and it, it's, it's like overly simplified, but it's like, oh yeah, I would not have been able to figure out how to explain what a thought is. It's just a thought you think and you, you know how to, right. how to use that without using it in the definition. So, um, so once you realize that once you, your circumstances cause your thoughts, then there's these three other components that are caused kind of downstream from there. And I think you've talked about it before, almost like a mathematical equation, which yes. I love because yes. again, I think having the ability to step back and look at, at these things, the circumstances, thoughts, and then the other components with objectivity is what's really key to helping you be more intentional. Yeah. Right. And, and realize okay. how it's, it's causing your results. So yeah, absolutely. So if circumstances always equal thoughts, thoughts always come from circumstances, thoughts always generate feelings. You don't have a feeling in your body until you have a thought. Okay. It's generating that feeling. Now, I'm not talking about I feel hungry, I feel tired. I'm talking about I feel angry, I feel happy, I feel proud. Those emotions, emotions. instead of feelings. But okay. we, call, we call it feelings at the Life Coach Although, School. I think you can say that sometimes when you feel um, nervous, or, or that can prompt a physical feeling. Yes. But usually, you're, these, don't, these feelings that we're talking about here are more emotions. Than These are emotions, else. but they do cause a vibration that is physical in your body. Mm -hmm. If I ask you how you feel when you feel angry and where it fe where it is on your right. body, you could probably describe that to me. Right, like while your you're chest feeling, feels yeah. tight or you can't breathe or you're breathing too heavily yes. or you know all those things. So Yeah. Okay. So a feeling is uh, you know somewhat of a physical vibration that you feel in your body, but it's very important to know that a feeling is always caused by your thoughts. Right. It doesn't skip from circumstance to feeling. She didn't skip in this example from knowing the, about the fact of having 150 students and then the nervousness. She had a thought about it and said, I feel nervous about that. That's a lot of students, I'm, I'm nervous. Okay. okay, so everything, everything, everything has all these five steps. Yes, and everything in life can be categorized into one of these five things and they cause each other like that math equation, circumstances equal thoughts equals feeling equals action equals results. And okay, so I'm going to stop you right there and, and just ask this. Is it a loop? Do the results then loop back up and cause circumstances? Is that how is there a connection there? There is. I mean, it, there, you will have new circumstances potentially if you've changed something um, and you can do new models on it. But there is a loop that I didn't tell you about yet. And that is that the result always ends up being evidence of our original thought. Okay. So your result is tied to your thoughts. Yes. That is huge. So yes. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> your result like, is tied directly to what your thoughts were originally. Absolutely, okay. 100%. That is powerful because if that is true, then what that means is if you are very intentional with your thoughts, then you can change your results. Exactly. Okay, exactly. which this is why we're talking about it today. Yes. That's exciting. Like, it is. Like that is super exciting to know that what the way I use my mind 
can change what's going to happen on the outside. Yeah. The funny thing is I have a lot of clients that once they get through this and they realize that their thinking was causing their results, they feel angry about it. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that to myself. But at the same time, it, that's the good news. Right. Because you're in control of your thoughts. Right. You're not in control of circumstances. No one is. They are circumstances. They're facts. They're, they're, they just are. Right. But we are in control of our thoughts about those circumstances. And then downstream through this process, it changes our results and we have that in our ability to change which again powerful and I love this yeah so, okay it's a gift. so if that is the case then let's go back to the model that we were why well, I don't know that we'd started the model but the, the list thought that, download the thought download thank you mm-hmm. let's go back to that thought download and I think we've already picked one of the thoughts to plug into a model so yep. let's let's walk through that and I'm gonna actually this model that we're running right now I will have um like a a snapshot of it in my show notes so that people can kind of go back and see. So if you're listening and you want to take notes or whatever, just know that this is part of my show notes that we're going to include for everybody. Yep. All right. Okay. So what I like about the thought model is that you call it, because I think for me, it's easy to want to do, um, to place judgment on myself. So Mm. um, I'll say things like, oh, that's stinky thinking, or Mm. I shouldn't be thinking that way. And Mm -hmm. I hate that word should. So the way that you have the, the phrase that's used here is unintentional thought process. So this is a model of what you're, you start with what you're unintentionally thinking. Right. And that's what you're pulling apart. Yeah. So in that thought download, you just let it rip. There's just all these thoughts about being a new teacher and, um, you know, it doesn't matter which one we pick, but pick one of those thoughts from that thought download and let's do a model on it. And that is what you're, what I'm calling, yeah, your unintentional thought process. It's just what happened. It's the thought you had about that circumstance. Right. Let's just take a look at that and understand what role your thought might be playing in your results. Right. And you're really trying to step back and be an observer, like an yes. unbiased observer in it. Okay. Yes. So the thought that we picked for this was um, students, well, the thought was, I don't know if I can teach well enough for my students to pass the test that they need to pass yep. at the end of the year. So starting with that, if that's the thought, then now we fill in all the other blanks, right? Right. Okay. And since you know that one equals the next in order from the circumstance, you can go up from here and say, okay, well, that's my thought. I don't know if I'm good enough, if I'm a good enough teacher for my kids to pass. That's the thought. Okay. So you can either go up and say, okay, I know my circumstance equals my thought. So what is that completely neutral fact that I'm having this thought about? Okay, and so for that, it would be that there's a state test at the end of the year that students must pass in order to promote to the next grade. Yes. Right, right. Okay. And that is completely neutral. There's no stress around that statement. Even though it says they must pass, it's a fact. They must, right. they have to pass it. Um, and, and maybe if we wanted to get more facty about it, we could have said they have to get an 80 or I don't know what it, what it is right. to pass. But, um, but that is a fact. There's no emotion. It's not subjective. It can be proven. The thought is then, I don't know if I'm good enough teacher for my kids to pass. And then you ask yourself, when you think that thought, what feeling, what vibration do I feel in my body? What emotion comes up for me? Right. And so I know we talked about this and what I think you've communicated for me on this feeling step is mm-hmm. that 
I want to go with the one overriding emotion, right? Yeah. You don't want to list like 15 things because I might be feeling 15 things about that, but I just want to pick the one feeling that is the strongest and the most bothersome, I guess. Would yeah. that be the right Start yeah. with the one that's strongest. But if you have like three that are pretty strong, I would do a separate model on each of the three because each different feeling that you feel in your body is going to cause you to take different action, which is going to cause you to have a different, different result. result. Oh, okay. So if I had to choose one feeling here, I would say inadequate, right? So I'm feeling yeah. inadequate to the task of prepping my kids to pass this test. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, So that's the feeling. That's perfect. We put that in the feeling line and then we go down and say, okay, for action in the action line, what actions do you take when you feel inadequate? So being an ish girl, (laughs) I most likely would procrastinate, right? Like I would not get started on things. I would just put it off and put it off because I would had that feeling of dread and inadequate inadequacy. Yeah, you don't feel good enough to put together a lesson plan. So why would you want to start working on that if you're right. not good enough to do it? So I'm avoiding it until the last minute or sure. and I'm and in the meantime I'm like worrying and stressing about it and wasting time on, you know, wasting valuable brain power on those um, brain activities, I guess I would mm-hmm. say like I'm I'm spending all that energy um, thinking about what might happen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So once you get all those actions down that you would take, and there can be multiple actions that you take from one feeling. So that's fine in the model. Then you say, okay, if I'm going to, if I do those actions, if I worry and stress out and if I waste brain power and time and I procrastinate on creating this lesson plan, what is the result that I'm going to get here? Okay. So I would say I'm not going to be prepared for class. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be teaching on the fly. So if I'm not doing my lesson plans until the very last minute, then they're not going to be necessarily as organized and thorough as I would want them to be. So um, I would, it would not be the caliber of teaching that I would want it to be. Right. 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 Okay. So now that is your result. You would not have the caliber of teaching that you would want to have. So if you take that result and, and being unprepared and all that, if you take that result and loop back up to the thought I don't know if I'm good enough teacher for my kids to pass. Your result is not good. You're not a good teacher. Right. Like that totally ties. Your thought caused your result. You went through the feeling and action, but it ended up ultimately causing your result. So the very thing that I thought I'm kind of making happen because of the way I felt and the actions that I took because of that thought. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy on us. Absolutely it is. And, and it, you know, the brain has a desire to always prove you right. If you have some beliefs, if you have thoughts, the brain is always on 24-7 looking for things to prove whatever your thoughts or beliefs are that are correct. And it will help you find evidence that you are right. And this is just like slowing down and dissecting that process. And, and now you can see... You actually cause that with your thought. Right. Okay, so I'm going to go, I'm backing up a little bit because this is something I feel like I've just been learning about, just listening to different podcasts and reading different things. So whatever your brain is focused on, it's looking constantly for proof around you. So even if it's, and and, and if you're focused on, maybe you've got a brand new white 
Ford truck. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see like 50,000 white Ford trucks <laughs> Isn't on that the hilarious? Road, right? <laughs> and it's not that there's necessarily more Ford, white Ford trucks. It's just your brain is activated to be looking for them, right? So this is kind of that same, it, that's very simplistic, but I think it's the same kind of thing. Like what you're focused on, what's been activated and the switch that's been flipped in your head that's what your yeah. brain is going to look for evidence yeah. for. Is it really a conspiracy that everyone went out and bought a white Ford truck as soon as you did? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're just really tuned in to seeing them because you've got one now. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, it seems like everybody has Everybody one. has this really no, cool car No, it's just your focus. What you focus on increases. Well, and it's that, it's almost that um, unconscious or subconscious level of awareness where because you see so much during the day, like mm-hmm. just the same way you have 60,000 thoughts, you know, imagine the number of um, items or things that you see during the day oh, wow. and your brain has to have some quick way to categorize and, yes. and file away. And, and, and so if you if you have flipped that switch on something, that's what it's looking for. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So it's really important to take a look at an unintentional thought process, an unintentional model, and realize the role that you played in generating that emotion that generated those actions that generated those results. And so once you understand that, first of all, that alone can be very eye-opening and can help a lot of clients. We just do that part and it's like, oh my gosh, wow. I'm now that I'm aware of it, things could even just shift and change for you just right with that alone. Right. Right. But my question I think was, oh my gosh, this is how I'm thinking. What can I do differently? Like, how do I switch that? Which is what you're gonna talk about next. Exactly. which Which is the intentional yes thought process so the intentional thought process what you do is you start a model with the same exact circumstance you just copy it from the from the unintentional thought model and take it over to the intentional so in our case here it's the state test at the end of the year that students must pass to promote that is the circumstance Mm -hmm. okay so from there since you know that circumstance equals thought equal feeling equal action equal result you can plug in any one of those four things and say okay what would I rather be thinking what would I rather be feeling how would I rather take action and what result would I rather have you can start with any one of those four things okay so I could say all right they have to pass to promote the result that I want is to be able to um, be prepared in class in order to prepare them for the test, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um, so then, now that you know you want to be prepared so that you can prepare your students for this test, what actions will you have to take to be prepared and prepare your students for the test? Okay. So we're kind of we're starting from the Going bottom backwards, and backwards. Yep. And if you want to start out. there, or you could say, "What do you want to feel about that test?" Let's start with a feeling because I think for me that's where okay where stuff originates. So, All right. So there's this state test that students must pass at the end of the year to be promoted to the next grade. What do you want to feel about that test? I want to be competent, right? Like I want to yeah. know that I have the ability to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So okay. I guess that would be the thought, right? Like, that I have. Yeah. all the resources and the ability to provide my students with what they need. 
Right, so you gave me both. So competent is the feeling, and okay. the second you thought about having that feeling of competence, mm -hmm. instantly you realized what thought you would need to have that feeling of competence. Right, right. Yeah. so I'd have to think, I have everything I need, and I have the ability to, to do this, which brings out that feeling of competency. Yeah, and test it, like sit with it for a second, and, and think that thought in your mind does that generate a feeling of competence in my body? Right. And if it doesn't, if it gives you something else, then then go with that th that feeling instead because um, it's really easy to kind of cross models here and get a little bit confused. You may have a feeling that you want to feel and you think a thought that m you think might generate it, but doesn't. Right. So you need to think of a different thought that will actually give you that competent feeling in your body. Well, and I think what's interesting about this is it really slows you down and, and that body feeling that you're talking about, that body awareness, mm -hmm. if you really slow down, your body does tell you what resonates and what doesn't. Yes. So if that thought that you've plugged in doesn't resonate, like, it, you know, I could have said anything for that thought that might not have generated that competent feeling in me. It might, maybe it would generate hope or, or some yes. other emotion, but not competency. Yep. My body knows it. If I'm really paying attention, yes, it knows yes. It. And through this process, you end up becoming a lot more aware of your thoughts and a lot more able to articulate and identify and mm -hmm. separate your feelings. Your your emotion vocabulary gets a lot richer. I I do thesaurus on things <laughs> because I'm like, okay, don't, you can't just tell me that you're angry. Okay, what is it exactly? Or you can't feel say that you're if you say you're fine. Well, there's all kinds of degrees of fine, including the one where your teenage daughter says, I'm fine you know that doesn't <laughs> right. necessarily mean a good thing right right <laughs> right. right so so let's and what you do is you just kind of review it and say okay we got the state test as the circumstance your intentional thought you'd like to think about it is I have the resources and the ability to provide my students with what they need and that generates a feeling of competence right and once you feel competent what are the actions that you'll take First, I think I would just be really focused on what my students need because it's not yeah. about me anymore. It's about them, right? So right. I take, I've shifted the focus. So, so maybe that's the action. My, my focus shifts to their needs. Yep. And then I'm going to work like crazy to prepare lesson plans and be ready in class for them you know, to be able to teach them. Right. So, so the working like crazy on the lesson plans is very different. In your unintentional model, you were procrastinating on the lesson right. plans because you didn't feel like you were competent. But now that you have this feeling of competence, now you're like, okay, I'm working on this. I am competent. I have the resources and the ability to provide my students with what they need. That's your thought. So you're actually, you're, you're taking the actions that now generate the result of you're prepared for class and your students are prepared for that test. Right. See how that works? I love it. I love it. Very cool. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. And what I love about this is just the whole, it's really the mindset shift here. Yeah. That's all that's changed here. Yeah. Is, is your thinking. Thank you, thank you, Diane, for sharing this model of self-coaching, this thought model with us. It is such a powerful tool to use. And being somewhat of a self-help junkie, I have heard quite a lot about different methods to change your thinking in order to change your results. But this model really helps you pull it apart and it takes you step by step through the process. It's simple and it's doable. 
Now, notice I didn't say easy because this kind of thought work is really hard. You are literally creating new pathways in your brain and that takes time. So I wanted to give you guys something actionable, a way that you could use this information that Diane has shared with us. So I created a PDF that walks you through the whole process, the brain dump, the categorizing, the unintentional and the intentional thought models. And I also share a copy of the example model that we went through today. That is something that you can find in my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP56. Again, that's T-H-E-I-S-H-G-I-R-L.com forward slash EP56. And in addition to that, I have invited Diane to come back for our next episode so that we can walk through a few more examples of the models to give you an even clearer picture of what this looks like as you walk through it in real life. And we're going to be doing a couple of models geared towards parenting and some geared towards teachers again as well. I know this is going to be personally helpful to you, but I want to think even bigger than that, because once you have this down, it is something that you can share with your teens. For me, the level of personal responsibility and ownership that walking through this model requires is awesome and mind blowing. And it's something that I want my teens to embrace as well. So I encourage you to try out the process and when you feel comfortable, share it with the teens in your life. Okay, friends, thanks again for hanging out today. I would love to hear from you about how you're using this thought model, this self-coaching model, and the results that you've been able to achieve with it. You can use the show notes again um, to find the resource that I created and also to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. And again, that is theishgirl.com forward slash EP56. And friends from an ish girl who is using this thought model to get healthy, gain momentum in my business, and interact with my teens, it is all about connection, not perfection.